Men of honor, strength, and integrity have long been essential in society. The Honorable Man Podcast is a celebration of such men. Here, we will discuss men in history and those today that exemplify what it means to be an honorable man. Let's go. All right, let's go. I'm Ed Jones, and welcome to the Honorable Man Podcast, a podcast dedicated to men who've chosen the path of honor, strength, and integrity. If you're looking to become a better man, you've come to the right place. On this week's episode, we'll be talking about Honorable Man Desmond Doss, underground survival shelters, and testosterone therapy. Welcome, as always, to our listeners. If you could please leave us a rating review wherever you're listening to this podcast, we would appreciate it. Brother Tim Hickey, how are you doing on this beautiful, sunny day? It sure feels good to have some sun, so I am doing A-OK. Had a couple shots of espresso, though, so if I trip over my words or talk, start talking a 1,000 miles an hour, blame it on the espresso. What up, Producer Bill? Not much. I'm actually doing better than uh, Vladimir Zelensky at the SAG Awards. <laughs> that is, sounds like you're doing... Pretty good. Pretty All right, good. so, so <laughs> got to think uh, about that one. Yeah, yeah, I was right. like, I was like, huh. <laughs> so I've mentioned before, I am. I turned the ripe old age of fifty this. Well, last year I'm going to be fifty-one. I'm getting my annual physical tomorrow, um, which is no big deal. Get blood work done, yada yada yada. But the Baron had an appointment or has had a series of appointments with the VA and he is chomping at the bit to talk about just that trying experience. to poke the bear uh, so how, how did how's the how, how has the VA been so, treating you Tim let me tell you anybody who ever ever supports socialized medicine has never been involved in socialized medicine the VA is the closest thing that we have to socialized medicine so just real quick, I don't want to go off on this this too long, but I had, back four months ago, I scheduled an appointment for a physical and blood work just to um, check where I'm at on everything. So I go in this last Friday, and I get my blood work done, and then Monday morning, I get a postcard in the mail that's saying, due to a scheduling conflict from fucking four months ago, that my appointment is canceled this week, and then I call to make another appointment, it's freaking August, and I just had this blood test done. So, hey, that socialized medicine, it sounds good on paper, but when you put it into application, like, they have full control over you, and the wait times, and the VA is obviously not, I don't know what other people think. I've heard people say that they're satisfied with the VA healthcare. I never, ever have been. Well, how about different you're in Cleveland specifically. Are yeah. other? Have you heard of other states, cities being um, better? Or no, I, like I, it's across the board. And hey, I do want to um, mention this film called UnprescribedFilm.com. Um, Boone Cutler is the the one who put it together uh, with I think it's Allegiant Films, but talks a lot about how the VA across the country and they're using the Walter Reed Medical Center as the example, but they're they're talking about how they have over-medicated all these veterans and it and excluded marijuana from it, medical marijuana, and how all these veterans, it's leading them towards um, the veteran suicide statistics that we're, we're always um, <clears throat> hearing about. So that 22 a day, at least six of them are under the direct care from the VA when they commit suicide. And really what it is, and like I have a personal experience here, and check out that film because it, it's called Unprescribed. We'll link it, we'll link it in the show. Yeah, notes. link it in there. And if you're a veteran or anybody who has been long-term medicated for any reason, like I really just feel that the VA specifically medicates and overdrugs 
veterans to make them zombies. They, they give you the IDGAF pills and you just don't care anymore. Sure. And when you watch this film, like I thought I just had a personal experience. Like I went five years probably, like I was trying to be, I don't like calling myself a soldier because I'm a Marine, but I was trying to be a good soldier. I went um, because my wife wanted me to go to the VA back in the system. So I went through all the steps. I took all their medications. And then, you know what, it wasn't until my motorcycle accident that I woke up after that. And after three months um, being drugged even heavier because of my accident. And I woke up one day and I'm like, you know what, I'm done. Like, I'm not taking any of this shit anymore. It was, it was beyond eye opening. And I started um, with medical marijuana. And my life in, in the last since 2018 has changed dramatically. Like all the things you guys ever see me do locally, I wasn't doing any of that shit back then. Really? But then it makes me think like, holy shit, that was their plan. The one people who are going to stand up and sure. fight back sure. are the veterans who believe in the Constitution. They're not going to allow some of these things to happen and they're going to be the ones that are the most vocal against it because, holy shit, we raised our right hand for this country and we really believe in the Constitution. So when they start stripping away our rights, then you look at the perspective that they cover in that unprescribed film, they're doing it intentionally. They're taking away our will to fight. They've trained us trained us extensively to fight and to kill and to stand up and to do what's right. And then when you get out, they freaking drug you to the extent that you don't care anymore. Wow, I've never thought of that. Oh, that makes dude. complete oh, that's, sense. It's absolutely the fact. That I makes mean, complete yeah. sense. They, they create wow. the perfect weapon. And then they and need then they to dismantle it, yeah. make it inoperable. Because, because you're right. You swore an oath to the Constitution. Mm -hmm. Which not the has government. no, not the government. Right, yeah, no right. expiration date. Exactly. And also, I mean. Oh, that is terrifying. And I, I just, you know, I, I think all hell is going to break loose in this country before the midterms. So, of course. In well, the, you already in, seen they're floating. Philadelphia's locking back. Or they're going to indoor masking yeah, again. Come on. So. Well, it's going to be mail-in ballots. Mm -hmm. people, people think, oh, red, red wave, red, bullshit. The they're Dems are going to – and this, thing, I'm but. sorry if I, we get kicked off with this one because I'm about to say this. Bullshit. The Dems are in power. They're not giving nothing up. And the Republicans, outside of a handful, they're feckless and useless. So we can't put our hope in them either. So no, They absolutely exactly right. are. And, hey, one last thing I'll say about that um, film – and like I watched it, my friend Amy recommended it because I was telling her my story and how I felt that the VA drugged me and it made me a walking zombie where I didn't care for years. And she's like, holy shit, have you seen this um, documentary by Boone Cutler? And I was like, no. So she sent it to me and I watched it with my wife and my wife was in tears the whole time because that stuff doesn't just affect the veteran. It affects the entire family, and I feel like they stole years from my life. So oh, wow. anytime you hear me talk about medical marijuana, like it's rooted in deep belief because I have a personal experience. And holy cow, watch that, watch that documentary, and, um, and your eyes are going to be open because it, it's not just happening at Walter Reed. It happened to me personally, and I felt that it was happening to me as an isolated incident, but it's not. It's happening across the board. So I've only known Tim probably for, I've known him of him for like the last five years, but only really close probably the last two. And when I say he is prolific, the guy has a million things going on. He operates at an extremely efficient and high level. And to hear you say that a couple years ago you were a zombie, that you're not the person, you weren't the person that I see today. 
I, I, dude, it's I can't I can't I can't imagine. That. Hey, five years ago, I would rather lay in bed all day than do anything. Like it was it was crazy. It's crazy to look back on, and like I'm disappointed in myself because I let it happen. But then when I look back on it, I'm like I get very angry at the VA for doing it to me. Like I I was just following orders at that point, but I can see the intent behind it, and I guess we'll move on. Like I'm just gonna get yeah. pissed off more yeah. and. So I guess I guess for any veterans out there that are that are under that are going sort of under the same thing that Tim was going through a couple of years ago, you know, look look to other avenues perhaps, um, find find somebody to talk to, um, reach out to Tim, you know, if if you if you feel like it, um, for for maybe some you know just a shoulder to talk to and maybe. Maybe explore medical marijuana. Yeah. Hey, and, we will definitely link that um, documentary in the show's comments. But hey, they're they're poisoning us. They they're intentionally poisoning veterans to mute them and mute our souls and mute everything we believe in. So we will move on. I have a quote. Go, Lord, help me get one more. That is by Desmond Doss in the Battle of Okinawa. Desmond Doss, born February 7, 1919, was a United States Army corporal who served as a combat medic with an infantry company in World War II. He was twice awarded the Bronze Star Medal for actions in Guam and the Philippines. Doss further distinguished himself in the Battle of Okinawa by saving 75 men, becoming the only conscientious objector to receive the Medal of Honor for his actions during the war. His life has been the subject of books... The, a documentary called The Conscientious Objector and the 2016 Oscar-winning film Hacksaw Ridge, where he was portrayed by Andrew Garfield. Real quick, thoughts on that movie? Well, I mean, the movie is, from my understanding, is pretty accurate. Um, he was a Seventh-day Adventist, so his religious belief made him want to serve his country and, and to be there for his uh, you know, fellow countrymen. However, he did not believe in taking life. I personally, however, read the Bible and think, well, yeah, that's okay to do that under the right circumstances. But uh, that being said, that wasn't his conviction. So, so guess who directed that movie? Mr. Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson, right? Yeah. So, as but, based as they come. Yeah, and I, I like Mel. I, I, you know what? We I, all get drunk and we say things we shouldn't say. Yeah, but not but, only that, only, only a woman that you have committed yourself to can piss you oh, off. Oh, they know the buttons. Yeah, the buttons. you know, and I, I know he made a, <laughs> he made some really bad comments, but sure, sure. anyway, but as far as uh, Corporal Dawes... Real quick, that should not uh, it, it's not an shadow excuse, what no. he's done. Right. Hey, he also made some very true comments in that the entire rant, absolutely. talking about Hollywood eating babies and yeah. like more all more that stuff. Like, out, I think yeah. that's, well, and notice, ever, and take this for what you will, ever since he made The Passion of the Christ, which I absolutely love. I won't watch again for two reasons. One, um, I, I don't see too good, so it's hard for me to read subtitles, and I don't speak Aramaic. But also... It's brutal. It, it's Well, not as just brutal, but, the, I mean, there's just, like, the spiritual condition. Like, I can't even watch it because I'm, like, I'm such a F up. But, um, yeah, I, I have a lot of respect for him. I'm actually going to go see his new movie, uh, Father Stew, with Marky Mark this weekend uh, with my lovely fiance. But... Um, I, I like this movie. Uh, in my book, I was going to have a whole section about Desmond Dawes, um, plug for my book. But uh, my editor's like, nah, you should take that out just too long. But nonetheless, I, I, I don't know how I feel about being a conscientious objector. However, I do respect anybody that puts their neck out sure. to save somebody. And, you know, greater love has no man than he who is willing to lay his life down for his friend. So, 
So Desmond Doss was born in Lynchburg, Virginia to William Thomas Doss, a carpenter, and Bertha Edward Doss, a homemaker and shoe factory worker. His mother raised him as a devout Seventh-day Adventist and installed, instilled Sabbath-keeping, nonviolence, and a vegetarian lifestyle in his upbringing. He grew up in the Fairview Heights area of Lynchburg, Virginia, alongside his older sister Audrey and younger brother Harold. Um, before the outbreak of World War II, Doss was employed as a joiner at a shipyard in Newport News, Virginia. He chose military service despite being offered a deferment because of his shipyard work. Um, he was sent to Fort Jackson in South Carolina for training with the reactivated 77th Infantry Division. Meanwhile, his older brother, I'm sorry, his brother, Harold, served aboard the USS Lindsay. So Doss refused to kill an enemy soldier or carry a weapon into combat because of his personal beliefs as a Seventh-day Adventist. He said Adventist or Adventist? Adventist. Adventist. Mm -hmm. He consequently became a medic assigned to the 2nd Platoon, Company B, 1st Battalion, 307th Infantry, 77th Infantry Division. It's a mouthful. While serving with his platoon in 1944 on Guam in the Philippines, he was awarded two bronze stars with a V device for exceptional valor in aiding wounded soldiers under fire. During the Battle of Okinawa, he saved the lives of, it's estimated 75, but anywhere from 50 to 100 wounded infantrymen atop the area known by the 96th Division as the Medea Escarpment or Hacksaw Ridge. Doss was wounded four times in Okinawa and was evacuated on May 21, 1945 aboard the USS Mercy. Doss suffered a left arm fracture from a sniper's bullet while being carried back to Allied lines and at one point had 17 pieces of shrapnel embedded in his body after a failed attempt at kicking a grenade away from him and his men. He was awarded the Medal of Honor for his actions in Okinawa. So, wow, just, just insane. Hey, so real quick, I've been um, to Okinawa. I lived there for a year, stationed there for a year. Um, Holy cow, were the Japanese prepared for that fight, like the extensive tunnel systems that they had. So it was like, that was an unbelievably difficult fight. So when you have that V for Valor on there, I'll tell you guys, I'll be straight up, I am um, not a fan of the conscientious objector role in the military. But this guy's a lot different. Like, he still went, and he didn't carry a weapon. And, like, I can understand that. And he saved lives. And in that island, like, holy cow. It, it blew my mind how well fortified, how deep. Like, they had meeting rooms down in these tunnels, and we, we toured them. And just that, that whole battle of Okinawa, all of those men talk about brass balls like yeah. they really believed in what they were doing and he really believed in saving people's lives and uh so that is the good conscientious objective yeah so the, the whole the whole thing with him is he wasn't trying to get out of action he was obviously volunteering to to go right right to the front and sir help serve his men the wounded but he just he didn't was he just not allowed to kill or carry a fire uh, he, weapon well for once again my spiritual beliefs don't align. They're technically Christian, but some of the events are kind of more on that, no disrespect, more on that fringe, like Jehovah's Witness, Mormonism, mm -hmm. Christian science. They're kind of on that. But that being said, he had a personal conviction that he did not want to take life. He wanted to save life. I can respect that to oh, a degree. He's basically volunteering um, to, to give up his own life. In order I mean, to he very well others. could have been cannon fodder. Yeah. But I no no means to protect himself. Right. And well, so not to be that way, but I'm going to be that way. Obviously, this guy was following what God was telling him. Mm -hmm. So the hand of providence had 
it's knowing just what I know from history and obviously you being there just talking about the terrain and how difficult yeah. and rugged that is and, and being a complete uh, foreigner to that, like the hand of Providence had to be on him in oh, order yeah. for it to allow to him point, to, I mean, that place was fortified. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And dude, if you weren't falling down a hill, you were climbing up one. Yeah. And at night it was so dark. They called it triple stack jungle. It was so dark. If you put your hand six inches in front of your face, you couldn't see it. It was dark during the I mean, day. I, so at I night, you know, just, that's... I can well, probably do that now. <laughs> but, <laughs> it, I mean, talk about a very terrifying um, battle for all those people. So a lot, a lot of respect goes out to uh, Mr. Doss in, in saving lives yeah. in that. And, and if hey, man, if you are that adamantly against taking someone's life, I just always wonder, like, what's that come down to if... if Somebody ran at him with a, a K bar coming at his throat. Is it okay to take a life then? I mean, I just I, like I don't know. It doesn't compute to me, but it I, doesn't like alleviate any of my respect for him because he still went and he still saved his brother's lives, and, and that's um, all you can really ask for in that situation. There was I, I used to work in an Amish community, and a lot of the guys there that I worked with were Vietnam veterans, but they were conscientious objectors because. It's against their religious beliefs, and they just have a different take on these things, I would say, perhaps, if I may respectfully, than I think maybe more uh, mainstream or socialized America would. And I don't know, you know, in, in the Gospels itself, Jesus actually tells his disciples before he ascends, you know, if you don't have a sword, go get one. And you got to sell your extra extra shirt or extra jacket, go get a sword. And, you know, if you, a sword is a defensive weapon. It's not, you know, it's so take that for what you will. But I, I really admire uh, Corporal Dawes and. He did a he, he did a, a tremendously heroic, selfless thing. Hey, are the Amish open to the draft back in the Vietnam? Like, I mean, I know I, we don't have one. I, I just I believe you know, so. You know, a weird thing about the military because I believe that's how he he didn't volunteer because it was against uh, Mr. Miller. <laughs> that's not even a joke. But um, if I re- recall correctly, he was drafted, and it wasn't. Like they were signing up. I just got that, Mr. Miller. Huh. <laughs> That's kind of funny. But in in um, the Marines, anyway, like you don't even know the your religion is printed on your dog tags, and that's more for burial rites and mm-hmm. and right. last rites and stuff. Um, but you don't ever ask or know someone else's religion. And just when you said that, I was like, did. Do I serve with anybody served, Amish? Yeah. Like I, I, I don't know. So huh, I will research that. What was uh, what was uh, Mr. Doss's quote again, Tim? Lord, help me get one more. So apparently, over the course of the the amount of time that it took him to evacuate these seventy five wounded soldiers from this ridge, you know, he he was injured himself and got to the point of exhaustion, and he did this. This was a 50 12, to 16 hour. And, and what I understand, if if the if the movie serves, if my memory serves, of, yeah, there's a picture of the ridge. It was literally similar. climbing up the uh, yeah, he in was a bank or something down, and yeah, and, yeah. Um, I mean, it was that, this wasn't like you know, no. It, this was like across a field. No, no. this was like the like train grueling. There. And he, that's yeah. what he kept repeating to himself. Lord, Lord let me get one more. Yeah, yeah. Just let me get yeah. one more. Just let me get one more. Yeah. Let me go. Kept going back. Kept going back. Kept going back. Uh, to the point where he had to be, you know, lifted out of there himself because he was so yeah. so wounded. Um, 
yeah, just you know, later in life, he the, his his injuries. Uh, he spent a lot of he got tuberculosis, um, which he got over there. Uh, he was in a hospital, lost a lung, lost five ribs because the because of the TB. Um, he got an overdose of antibiotics that made him deaf. His hearing allegedly or, uh, um, came back over time after he got a co- I'm sorry, after he got a cochlear implant. Um, just in and out of the hospital, and, and eventually um, died in 2006, March of 2006. So he lived lived a pretty ripe ripe old age. I mean, from what 1919 to 2006, I can't do that math. Off it's like 87, of I think. Yeah, something like that. That's a good run. Yeah, yeah totally. Sure. And like I think, you know, it, it's I, your life on this planet. When you can save a life, it means much more than if you can take a life. And um, having that will within you driven by a higher power and belief to save that many lives i mean think about that what's it say 75 yeah it's estimated 75 75 individuals that would not be here and what did those 75 go on to become you know we don't know but they went on and were able fathers fathers yeah grandfather you know so generations and i believe and correct me if i'm wrong but i believe he actually saved one or two enemy combatants I, During I, his, I didn't see that in the research, but it's, I, it's, I believe it's I believe that's like I think that's the you know case. he would have. I, I think he at least tried he to, yeah, I, I, but I believe I, I, I think if in my research of him personally, I believe it's been some time, but I believe that was actually the case. Like a couple he saved or tried to save. All yeah, in case anybody hasn't realized, we, we do kind of half-ass internet research here. <laughs> so it's good. Not really Wikipedia's a, our best yeah, friend. Yeah, really <laughs> super deep dive, but, but. but the entire point in, in doing that is to get you guys yeah, out there to, guys go, to, to go out there and research this further. This is, you know, a thousand foot view of these people, but they exemplify the things that we need more of in today's society. So look this shit up, man. Don't um, rely on, on our words. You can read a lot more about them. But uh, as long as we're putting it on your radar, I think that, you know, we're, we're doing something good we're here. We're doing our job, yeah. <clears throat> so shit hits the fan. Tim's got some underground oh. survival shelters he's going to talk about. This is this pretty neat, guys. Actually kind of ties into the... Uh, yeah, the, the tunnels there. Yeah, in, in Okinawa. Okinawa. Yeah, right um, hey, so this comes from primarysurvivor.net, and it's hidden underground survival. So... I'm going to read a little bit about this article or from this article, and we will post the link. There's some uh, pretty cool pictures of these things on the article itself. So um, I'll, again, give you a a brief synopsis of it and and check out this link because some of these are are pretty crazy. So there are a lot of ways to go about creating a hidden underground shelter. This isn't meant to tell you how to make your own shelter. That would be foolish because everyone has completely different needs when it comes to security. Rather, it is to show you some examples of hidden underground shelters so you can get ideas for your own secure survival shelter. So we're going to start with the luxury renovated bomb shelter, and this one's located in Georgia. So definitely check out this link because it has pictures of it. Um, first is it, it is a nuclear bunker located at an undisclosed location in Georgia. It is set on 20 acres and has features like three feet thick hardened concrete walls, which can withstand a 20 kiloton nuclear blast, a secure intake system, air intake system, an HVAC underground system, and much, much more. But this bunker will take you through doomsday in style. You just need about $17.5 million to buy it. So that one's not um, on most of our listeners' radar, but if it is, uh, loan me some money too. 
Uh, <laughs> the next one is the Atlas Galvanized Steel Underground Shelter. Atlas is one of the most popular names in prefabricated underground survival shelters. They offer a lot of features like models with a main entrance hatch plus escape hatch, tested air filtration systems, underfloor storage, and a 200-year lifespan. They also offer, a, offer generator pods which can attach to the shelter underground for a concealed power source. Prices at, on these start at $49,000. Hey, Mike Orlando, if you're listening to this episode, we need to find out who's galvanizing these things because they're huge, and uh, it's got to be one of the kettles that we serve. Sorry, inside yeah, baseball. The, <laughs> these look like, um, you know, giant galvanized round drainage pipes that yeah. you see on the side of the road. So um, at $50,000, that one is a lot more attainable. That's not than, installed, though, is it? No. <laughs> dig your own hole. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, the next one on this list is Vivos Survival Shelters. Vivos is known for its massive underground survival shelters, which can house comp communities in the hundreds. Oh, wow. They, I don't know if I want to live underground with 100 people personally, but... <laughs> They use a spoke-like design, and multiple spokes can be put together to increase the size of the shelters. For individuals who want an underground bunker on their own land, the Quantum model, model is the best choice. They are 40 foot long by 8 foot wide by 8.5 feet, and can comfortably hold 6 to 8 people. That's much more... <laughs> much, Your style? <laughs> my style. Um, one or more notable features of the Vivo's quantum shelters is that they can be hooked up to an underground well. Then, using a hand pump, you will be able to provide your own water for mm. the tank. There is also a built-in NBC, which is nuclear, biological, and chemical, air Ooh. filtration, and diesel generator. Don't have your own land? You can apply to join in on one of their survival shelter communities. <laughs> when doomsday hits, you can retreat to the shelter and wait out the disaster with a group of like-minded individuals and families. These are luxury shelters and you are expected to have a budget to match them. So they don't give the they price. They don't give us that. a price. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but again, guys, check out these in, in the link that will be posted in the show notes. There, there's photos of these, and, yeah, these and are cool. these are pretty cool. Um, the next one on the list is the Radius Engineering Survival Shelters. Radius Engineering Unlimited makes survival shelters which have fiberglass shells, which isn't going to rust like steel shells and is also less likely to crack than concrete shells. They have fantastic air purification systems, which use three different purifiers. Radius builds its bunkers with the nuclear warfare in mind, so the air purifier has a UV radiation sterilization system, too. These underground shelters are mostly meant for military and government use, but they do have a few family models, too. The prices start at around $200,000, and a multi-family pod is going to cost $2 million. Note, the company has recently stopped selling to civilians, so you are SOL if you want one of those and had $200,000. Um, the last one on here is the DIY Shipping Container Underground Shelter. The cheapest way of getting your own hidden underground survival shelter is to make your own. Lately, there has been a lot of talk about using a shipping container as a bunker. But using a shipping container for a survival shelter is almost always a terrible idea. Some of the main issues are corrosion. Walls are not load-bearing. You must reinforce them. Need air shafts to prevent suffocation. These shafts could give away your location or get covered up and prevent airflow. Not much storage space for food, water, and living. Logistics, like how will you remove human waste? No emergency exit hatch. 
On the other hand, a shipping container is a very easy survival shelter to install by yourself, and it's better than nothing. But if you're going to go this route, I'd recommend consulting with an engineer first to make sure you address all the issues that we said just a second ago. And if you're already prepared to dig up your property and put a shipping container in, then you might as well spend a little bit more time and money to design your own hidden underground survival shelter. Are you thinking of installing your own underground shelter? What route would you go with? Let us know in the comments. I gotta give a special shout out to uh, one of my Marines. Um, his name is Chip Shepard. He lives in Oklahoma now, but he owns a, it's called Firestorm Septic and Shelters. And I follow him on, on Facebook and they, they install and build these things in Oklahoma. And he's, uh, I believe he was a firefighter, but he, he started this business up, but it's trending that direction where it's There's something that you now. have to think about. <laughs> and even if it's not, you know, an NBC type of situation where you need to go into a survival shelter think about in that area in oh, in yeah. oklahoma and stuff and just tornado shelters so it doesn't have to be an end of times um societal breakdown or anything a natural disaster if there's a tornado i certainly would like an underground shelter if uh, i lived in that area so you have a safe place to go but um it, so it's not just that but do a little bit of research on it these things are pretty extensive and can be pretty cool and i'm sure you guys have you know norad and, mm -hmm. and all that stuff mm -hmm. is so buried deep in, inside the mountain and and how extensive it can get but to tie that all back into um Corporal Doss in Okinawa, like that's what their mindset was in Japan. Like they mm -hmm. built these deep, deep tunnels, and some of them were um, so extensive. Like I said, they're like meeting rooms and kitchen and and all that stuff. So they had that mindset that in order to survive any Western attack, the attack would come by bombs. And so it's the same situation, I suppose, in in some of the things that could happen. You know, in nuclear warfare. You know, you want as much earth between you and that nuclear blast as can be possible. So check those out. It'll be in the show notes. And um, let us know what you guys think and, and what you guys would do. Thanks, Tim. Uh, this week's health and wellness uh, tip is on testosterone therapy, which for guys of a certain age might come in handy. So, as you age, testosterone therapy might sound promising, but there are a lot of misconceptions about what the treatment can and can't do for you. Testosterone therapy might seem like the ultimate anti-aging formula, yet the health benefits of testosterone therapy for aged, uh, age-related decline in testosterone aren't clear. Find out what's known and not known about testosterone therapy for normal aging. So what is testosterone? Testosterone is a hormone produced primarily in the testes. Testosterone helps maintain men's bone density, fat distribution, muscle strength and mass, facial and body hair, red blood cell production, production, sex drive, and sperm production. What happens to testosterone levels with age? Uh, they generally peak during adolescence and early adulthood. As you age, your testosterone level gradually declines, typically about 1% a year after age 30 or 40. For older men, it's important to determine if a low T level is due to normal aging or if it is due to a disease, hypogonadism. Gonad. Is that like elephantitis of the nuts? <laughs> Hypogonadism hampers the ability to produce normal amounts of testosterone due to a problem with the testicles or with the pituitary gland that controls the testes. Testosterone replacement therapy in the form of injections, pellets, patches, or gels can improve the signs and symptoms of low T in these men. 
So does a naturally declining testosterone level cause the signs and symptoms of aging? Not necessarily. Men can have many signs and symptoms as they age. Some that might occur as a result of lower testosterone levels can include changes in sexual function, uh, you know, reduced desire, fewer spontaneous erections, uh, infertility, uh, physical changes. Various physical changes are possible, including increased body fat, re reduced muscle bulk and strength, a decrease in bone density, swollen or tender breasts, and body hair loss are possible. Oh, boy. You might have less energy than you used to as well. What about emotional changes? Low T can contribute to a decrease in motivation or self-confidence. You might feel sad or depressed or have trouble concentrating or remembering things. Some of these signs and symptoms can be caused by other factors, including uh, medication side effects, uh, obstructive sleep apnea, thyroid problems, diabetes, depression, etc. It's also possible that these conditions cause low testosterone levels, so treatment might result in increase of testosterone levels. A blood test is used to diagnose a low T level. So can testosterone therapy promote youth and vitality? Uh, it can help reverse the effects of hypogonadism, but it's unclear whether testosterone therapy would benefit older men who are otherwise healthy. Although some men believe they feel younger and more vigorous if they take testosterone medications, there's little evidence to support the use of testosterone in otherwise healthy men. Guidelines from the American College of Physicians indicate that testosterone therapy might improve sexual functions somewhat in some men, but there's little evidence that it improves other functions such as vitality and energy. So what are the risks associated with testosterone therapy? Uh, if you have sleep apnea, it can get worse. Um, so that's a potentially, potentially serious sleep disorder in which breathing repeatedly stops and starts, and I have actually know somebody that died from their sleep apnea oh, at 42. Um, it can cause acne or other skin reactions. Um, can stimulate non-cancerous growth, cancerous growth of prostate um, and growth of existing prostate cancer. It can cause an enlarging of the breasts. It can limit your sperm production or cause testicles to shrink. Uh, can stimulate too much red blood cell production, which contributes to the increased risk of forming a blood clot. A clot could break loose, travel through your bloodstream, and lodge in your lungs, blocking blood flow, etc. Pulmonary embolism. Also, some research shows that testosterone therapy can increase your risk of heart disease, but more research is needed on that. I don't know. Those are a lot of side effects. <laughs> I know. I'm like, but you'll be a man again. I mean, maybe I'll just start eating a lot more steak. Uh, oh, Jesus. So, if you wonder whether testosterone therapy might be, right, might be right for you, talk with your doctor about the risks and benefits. Your doctor will likely measure your testosterone levels at least twice before recommending T-therapy. Treating normal aging with T-therapy is not advisable. If you don't have a medical condition that's contributing to your decline in T-levels, your doctor might suggest natural ways to boost testosterone, such as losing weight and increasing muscle through resistance exercises. So, guys, that, uh, that comes from the Mayo Clinic, and we know that it's the Mayo Clinic, and they're going to err on the side of caution. And you know as well as I do when you hear prescription drug commercials on TV that Apparently, every side effect known to man is probable or likely or um, possible with just about anything that, you, that you're going to put in your body. So, again, testosterone therapy. Joe Rogan swears by it. I think he's 54, 56-ish now, and he looks he's got the body of a – well, he's got the body of a silverback gorilla is what he does. But um, <laughs> he swears by it. So, I, you know, not – again, all medications, not for everybody. Consult your physician. 
hey, yada, yada, yada. One interesting thing, and I just recently started looking into this, but uh, I have a lot of friends who have had um, vasectomies. And there's there's a lot of research out there that that drastically lowers in some cases, not all cases, uh, your T cell count or your T count. So, and I have I, I have a couple friends that actually after their they got the SNP that they went on these the kind of therapeutics you're referring to, and it, and it made a drastic difference. So I, I just wanted to throw that out there that if that might be an issue, you know. I wonder how that would work though, because I mean. All it's doing is, like, stopping the it's expulsion. Taking out a pipe. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, I just I, mean, I can just tell you it's, it's a thing, and yeah, I've I've been I've been looking into different things, and that was on my research. Some of the stuff that popped up. The and, only reason I would entertain testosterone testosterone therapy is if my sex, my desire, sexual desires yeah. were, and they're not. Um, yeah, that's hard. I, I, that's right. I can't even as look at I'm still as randy as I used to be. Dude, and and <laughs> yeah, but when, uh, on a previous episode, I ordered a testosterone uh, test kit that I have not used yet. But when I said that I was getting it, my wife laughed at me. <laughs> She's like, She's okay, like, Jesus, you're that's fine. That's all I need. That's all I need is um, more, uh, Hey, I didn't realize that this is what we were talking about. But just the other day, um, <laughs> like last Tuesday, I'm up at 3 a.m. There's this eugenics uh, commercial. Frank which, Thomas? <laughs> Nugenics. So I guess if you text two three one two three one, text the word husky, uh, you can claim a free bottle of Nugenics, which is not a prescription-based or testosterone therapy. So there are other supplements that trigger testosterone. I haven't done it yet. They keep texting me to claim my free bottle, so maybe I will, and then my wife's gonna be running from me. Uh, even more. Yeah, <laughs> even more. Even more. <laughs> I'm going to see her running down the street like, hey, oh. <laughs> hey my beard's going to grow long. I'm going to want sex all the time. Let's do it. She's like, this is where we're at now. Okay. But yeah. Tim, you got, a, you got a man of dishonor for us? <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> I do. This one comes from OH. Ohio. Ohio. Bel Air, Ohio. Ohio man says, yeah, I do dumb things when I get drunk. After smashing police glass door police says this comes from wtrf out of bel-air surveillance video shows a young man headbutting elbowing and body slamming the bel-air police department's glass door at 2:03 a.m police chief dick flanagan says a tip from the public led them to the suspect who allegedly watched the video and admitted yeah, that's me. I do dumb <laughs> things when I get drunk. See, I thought you were going to say someone insulted his wife and he, uh, <laughs> he, he bitch slapped somebody. <laughs> hey, keep my wife's name out your mouth. <laughs> Flanagan said 23-year-old Xavier Bunter from Wooster, Ohio. That's an epic Wooster. name. Hey, talk, so Steve Naughton, who I interviewed, the ex-Secret Service guy, is from Wooster. I had to ask him Wooster. if he knows this guy. Yeah. It's a small town. They, they, they all got to know small. each other down there. But, hey, it's not lost on me that his last name is Butner, and he <laughs> was head-butting the glass door. Um, he was staying with his family in West Bel Air when he did it. He said, Butner had been playing basketball and drinking. In the video, he, he is seen <laughs> head-butting the door. Two things with, that go together? <laughs> he's seen head-butting the door with such force that he staggers and almost falls backward. He almost knocked himself out. The chief says Butner has never had any interaction with the Bel Air police and had no apparent motive to the attack 
for the, on the door, except he had a little too much to drink. He was charged with felony vandalism to government property. The damage to the door is over $2,500. So I just want to say, Xavier, yeah, man, I do dumb things when I get drunk, too. So his quote is, I do dumb things when I get drunk. Desmond Doss is his lord. Let me get one more. So we have a man of honor and we have a man of dishonor. Couldn't, couldn't yeah. be more... Gentlemen, please don't Glaring. get drunk and go attack the police station. I don't know how else to say that, right. but well, here we all is do a dumb. story all about how. Oh man! All right, this week's call to action: save someone, win them over to our side. So when I say save someone, I'm talking about we all know someone out there that is um, maybe just starting to wake up to the things that are going around, going on around us, and they are ripe for the picking. So. Um, in a calm and calculated uh, effort, um, maybe win them over to our side, the side of good, the side that, we, that we're all on in here, right? I mean, we all know people that are lost and that are dear to us, but we also know people that are just starting to wake up and be like, hey, something doesn't make sense, which is where I was 10 years ago. Um, so everybody's on their own timeline, so save somebody out there. And, and stand up and say something for the things that you believe in because, and, and part of the reason we even do this podcast, you never know whose ears your words are going to reach and who you will inspire. Hey, your biggest fans are unknown to you. Like I, I will tell you that and all the stuff that we've done locally, um, it's gotten tiring. And like I speak at these school boards and one of the biggest issues was a lottery selection system, but it just had personal effects, um, personally on, on big daddy's daughter over here. Um, it, it affected her, but I also had some, several other people reach out to me and thank me that I didn't even know were paying attention. Um, so keep that in mind. You never know whose words you're gonna, your, whose ears your words are gonna land on, um, and you can make a difference just by you can save lives that way. So when I talk earlier about this unprescribed film, I hope just one of you guys um, that is in the VA system goes out and watches it because it could save your life. And I'm also an ambassador for Mission 22. You. And, you know, we work with the homeless. Like, we do a lot of things with the overall intent to make our community better and to affect change in someone else's life. And you never know when it's going to come. So it doesn't have to be dragging somebody off the hill in, in combat. It could be lending an ear to somebody at the bar who might be struggling. It could be asking your, your friends, your brothers and sisters, how they're doing. Like, you can affect change and save somebody's life in so many different ways. And we won't know the end effect of that or see that until we're in a, a different um, realm up in, in heaven and, and we can look back on the story of our lives. So you don't even know when you're saving someone's life. But Yeah, well said. Well said, Tim. I couldn't say anything. All right. Thanks, as always, to show sponsor, Tim. Patchops. Patchops.com. We have the baddest patches, decals, and shirts on the planet. Check us out on Instagram, at Patch Operations. Hit that like button. Give us a follow. Comment on our stuff. Check out the Honorable Man Podcast on Facebook, thehonorablemanpodcast.com. Um, you can find where all podcasts are um, available and check us out. Hit the like button. Give us a rating. Hey, interact with our Facebook page. We're waiting to talk to you guys. Let us know what you would like to hear. Um, but again, patchops, patchops.com. And producer Bill is a very handsome fellow, ha! very smart. He has a book and a podcast of his own that he's going to talk about. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, so check out my book, Smith's Art of Man Repair Manual. I think the link will be below. And <clears throat> I've been telling people, I know times are hard, things are tough. I really want to sow into people's lives. Uh, if you like a copy, 
I'll send you a PDF on the house. Uh, reach out to Baron or Big Daddy. We'll get you one. Uh, and our podcast is called Flawcast CLE. You can listen to where podcasts are. Uh, we address similar issues. Uh, we're more from a spiritual perspective. And, um, yeah, so I think it's a nice companion piece. Awesome, awesome. The world needs honorable men more than ever. It's time to get out there, step up, get involved, and be honorable. Later, guys. Later, guys.